I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. Welcome back to Cage Old Question, where we ask, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? I'm Artoon, and this is my wife-to-be, Christina. Hello! And on this show, we watch the entire film catalog of Nicolas Cage in chronological order, working our way through 40 years of cinema. As a disclaimer, this is a personal podcast not affiliated with any other third parties, and the opinions expressed herein are strictly our own. And we have a caveat for you today about that chronological order through mm-hmm. 40 years of cinema, don't we, Artoon? That's right. We are having a very special episode where we go back to 1981 to review Nicholas Coppola at the time in a TV pilot that was not picked up for ABC, The Best of Times. Now, some of you are thinking, wait a minute, you said it was going to be Moonstruck. I know. We're sorry. Things happen. Instead, Revel in this deeply cursed content, the best of times, about teen years of seven actors, one of them being Nicholas Coppola. You remember our old boy, Nicholas Coppola. But before we dive in, we have a new sponsor, don't we, Artin? That's right. If you are in Boston, make sure to try out the restaurant Anushella for a great smattering of Armenian and Mediterranean dishes. The perfect pick-me-up this summer can be from Anushella, located either in the South End or in Time Out Market. Get this summer started with some labne. Anushala. Anushala. Nice. The food's great there. Delicious. I've had it. I've had a lot. And so there's, everything is really good. It's the best. It's so good. That's for our Boston listeners. It's for everybody. You fly out to Boston. You fly out to Boshin, Get there. Have a little Anushala. Well, that's right. That's right. But for today, uh, wherever you are, let's talk about the best let's of times. Let's talk time. about the best of times. Those teen years. Well, Steve, why don't you tell us, give us a broad overview of what this TV pilot is and what it's about. So this is 48 Minutes from Hell, um, which some beloved network executive at ABC saved all of us viewers at home from ever having to witness unless you go seek it out on YouTube like we did for your personal discomfort, um, (laughs) as it's a very strange um, collage of snippets and scenes from teens as if it was told by 50-year-olds talking to 12-year-olds about what teenagers should be yeah. in the 80s. They, there's like, Crispin Glover is this guy, and, and he's like, that's my mom, this is my room, in like one of the opening scenes, and that just sort of, they'll just describe where they are and have a weird little scene with a laugh track, and then every so often, there'll be a very cursed musical number. Yes, and I don't know if the musical numbers were so cursed. They were so cursed. It just seemed like like a poorly directed like high school theatrical. At one point musical. they're in like a convenience store and they're just like blowing into bottles. That's the music that they're making. <laughs> it's like when you blow into glass bottles and they're like wiggling around and it makes no sense. At another point they're at a gas station and they're like pumping cars with gas, but they're well, teens. That they're, was that's fun. their singing that was a nine good time. to there five. There's Parton's nine to five. Great. But then another scene they're just like jumping around singing about chores that they have to do and getting a minute to rest on the weekend. Which you you're trying to tell me is a real song, until it, you present more proof about what that song's title or composers or it, uh, it felt publishers like are. Show choir. 
Do you know, did you ever do show choir? I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean show, show choir? Show choir is like where you like just do songs. Yeah. And there's usually like a performance aspect to it. Like, think of it not as like in Hollywood That's... where it's on on film, but like... You're talking you're... about like white people doing a musical number. White people with no talent yes. doing a musical number. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what show choir I've is. done that. No yeah. Problem. Okay, great. <laughs> so you <laughs> know exactly what I'm talking about. Of course. This feels like filmed show choir. It's a nightmare. I mean, yes, because show choir, I mean, show choir can be a nightmare. But um, I don't understand, but I still, I, you can't talk to me about show choir and explain show choir to me. That's not a response to me saying, are these real songs? Where are I these? I think they're real don't, songs. You don't have any proof, though. You have no proof. <laughs> My only proof is that 9 to 5 is a real song. Therefore, in my head, the other song is supposed to be real songs. 9 to 5 is the only one that we are still hip to. This isn't a pilot where you can have, like, a logical thought flow from initiation to conclusion, though. Because throughout it, there's just no cohesion or consistency in either the plots or the characters or what's happening to them. So I don't think you could apply this to the licensing of the music used. But... I, um, I do think, like, the loosest plot seems to be there's some big dance at the end of the yeah. day that everyone's going to go to. Yeah. Another prom, if you will. As, yeah. as, you know, if there's one thing that's if there's consistent. One thing. There's, like, not a prom, but, like, a big dance. Mm-hmm. And one kid is, like, his whole shtick is, like, I got to get girls, but I'm too nerdy to get it. But also, mm-hmm. he has a girlfriend yeah. who she breaks up with him because of a Vogue magazine, like... A compatibility Quizlet? Quizlet, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Drives me crazy. Nicholas's shtick is he's a muscle guy. <laughs> That's like his yeah. whole thing. He's yeah. just like, he's I work out, guy. I'm hot, and I get babes. There's some other girl who's like... I guess it's the blonde girl that's maybe the girlfriend of this dance nerd. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her personality is, but at one point she just has a scene where she's telling her friend, like, we're women now. We're women. Women women have rights. Women can be anything. Women can... And she... This is 1981, and she goes, women can be president. And I, a woman from 2022, <laughs> want to tell her, no, they cannot. No, they cannot. No, they cannot. 40 years later... Let me assure you. No, they absolutely cannot. You gotta have hope, Steve. No, you, you don't. No, you don't. You because that's you gotta re- you gotta realize the reality as it is and stop feeding the lies that big government has been telling us is that women can be president. No, they cannot. Christina, they we, absolutely we, we cannot. Gotta, we gotta women believe. You gotta be hopeful. Can bear. Uh oh. Anyway, my God, I You got it. It's a dark time. We got real handmaids. Right Don't there. say Hammett's tale. Okay. Oh my God, you're so embarrassing. You're so embarrassing so... that there's. <laughs> <laughs> the other... How can you do this to me? How can you bring shame and dishonor <laughs> okay. on me it's in this okay. way? It's oh okay. my God. So, the other things that are happening, I'd say like a, one of the central locations is a 7 Eleven with uh, what's. Uh... It's not a 7 Eleven. You keep saying this. It's not. It's not a brand name. You keep dropping these brand names. It's just a convenience store. No, it's Seven Eleven. It's Seven Eleven. No, it's a hundred percent. There's a Seven Eleven logo on it and everything. Yeah. How about you walk? How about you walk I that? You, you walk that right back. Don't believe you. You don't believe. But I also, I guess, I do because there is a what the title card is a Charmin toilet paper. Yes. Title card advertisement. In. Yeah. So maybe it is Seven Eleven. It's not maybe. It's a hundred percent. What did you think about when you saw that? We're watching a what's supposed to be a pilot for broadcast TV, <laughs> and the title 
card of the pilot is just an ad for toilet paper. Yeah. What did you think about that? I thought that fit the the year of the genre. What the hell are you saying? <laughs> I'm remembering the Dana Carvey show making fun of stuff like that. Okay. Because uh, they were like, we're sponsored by A&W Root Beer. like, And they would like make a big joke about it. Okay. That so that kind me. of feels feels in that world. But All I right. You to, want to talk about the 7-Eleven? I want to talk about the 7-Eleven. And All one right. of the staple older characters, one of the few older oh, yeah, characters, yeah, yeah. Jackie Mason, plays this 7-Eleven owner. He, in my opinion, was the best part of this. He's playing it. But he is a stand-up. I looked him up. He's a stand-up from like the early days, like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like That's like kind of when he came up. And the entire time... He's talking, he's doing a joke, he sets up, he says the joke, and he goes, oh my god. And it's just so good. That was, I'd say, the saving grace of this for me. Uh, it was great. I thought even if he was good, it was not enough to save this I mean, whatsoever. It was also still like, it was still like he's like very muted deadpan, and then that weird little Crispin guy who you were telling so me Crispin he's Glover in. Crispin Glover is he's in, the dad in Back to the Future. Which, great job in that, and I'm sorry to be so cruel here, but he just has the most punchable face in this, <laughs> and he's like. Well, he does have a punchable face in Back to the Future. He gets beat up. He's I the, mean. He's a. Typecasting is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but uh, he's like bimbing and bobbing and scooting, squabbling, and then and then this guy, as you say, Jackie Mason, is very still and is like barely reacting at all. And I think it's 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 not his fault. It speaks to the directing. Of the mm-hmm. directing is just what's going on. Is there even a director on set? This feels like who knows? People are just loose, running around. There was choreo. I don't know. Um, well, they were all wiping their butts with their towels at some point. Yeah. And during the 9 to 5 number. Yeah. I thought that 9 to 5 number, that was not bad. Yeah. The video quality, I think, I don't know if we got into it. The quality of this on YouTube is not good. No. I it, mean, no, no no aspect of it no has good quality. Good. It. Part of me was like... Content, audio, I wish, visual, well, terrible. <laughs> part of me wishes... There was a better quality version of this, no. but then I thought to myself, "Who is asking for that?" You are nobody. You just did. Well, well you... even when I'm walking it back, I'm like, "Nobody, who needs this? This doesn't need to exist." Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Part of it is, I think what's so hard about the like film medium and TV medium, as opposed to say theater, right? Theater, you do it if it's bad or it doesn't work, mm. it goes away. No, mm. like mm. someone can say, "Oh, I have a memory of mm-hmm. that." Mm-hmm. But then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Film and TV, mm-hmm. as bad as it is, if someone holds on to a copy of that, 41 years later, two people making a podcast yeah. can find it yeah. and be like, what the hell was yeah. going on? I think I've definitely been bitter about, like, should we have even watched this at all? Like, it's not a film. It was a nightmare. But it is also, like, this is his, like, acting debut, yeah. technically. This, this is even before This Fast is Times. part of his development as an actor. Mm-hmm. So... I guess at the end of the day, I'm glad we've seen it. Yeah. And it's like definitely worth it. You're like, you're like no, oh, of course. Of course. But, but I mean. I'm a completionist. Well, before, before we get into uh, d- talking about old Nikki's uh, performance here, well, uh, our old sponsor, Marcus Hunter, has five deeply cursed words for you. Army Hammer pulped my grandma. Army Hammer pulped my grandma. That's enough of that. So Nicolas Cage um, he gets introduced by Crispin as like some guy on the beach doing push-ups with yeah. one arm, and and the intro is 
could you tell him he wasn't your best friend? Which is just one of many lines that makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. You're just like, you're really, you're really, you are being addressed directly as the viewer. And so you're sort of caught off. But it's like, what did you say to me? <laughs> it's, I mean, Crispin as the narrator, I, I like him in a way where I'm like, I kind of feel bad for him. But everything he says is so terrible. Like, there's this whole bit he has where he's looking for a cassette player that he can't find. And it's just, I'm like, what's the joke? What's the joke? (laughs) Is the joke that I want to kill you? Is that the joke? (laughs) Part of this felt like a Tim Robinson sketches where it's, like, not aware that it's a Tim Robinson. Like, if it... If one or two things change, it could easily be a Tim Robinson sketch. Does that make sense? Well, I feel like I feel like you're just you're just acknowledging that it was absurd. It felt absurd. It was, Tim Robinson sketches also feel absurd and are like <laughs> are like that. But I think I think absurdism mm-hmm. and uh, quick sketches is is definitely where the comparisons end because. But here's the but difference. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they went into this thinking. This is absurd. I think they were like no, going into yeah, it being like, like, this is slice wholesome of family content. Slice of life. This is something <laughs> the whole family can get around to watch. To be like, what's the real life of a teenager like? Because at some point, I don't know, I guess because we didn't grow up in like a Vietnam <laughs> war era, especially as a, as a guy, like there's, I don't have any like draft fears or anxieties or like any of that stuff where I assume people like, during that time, that's like a very real thing. You know what I mean? Like Nicholas Coppola has at some point this big monologue about the war. Yeah, which is and not it's a nightmare. Good. It's a terrible. It's, it's a, a terrible. It's a terrible speech. monologue. So it's I'm scared. Speech. I'm scared that you but gave this build up to it. My build up point is it's. I think the direction the writers went in was not great. But I think the idea, if I'm like giving any benefit of the doubt, the idea is going that teens are feeling anxious about the draft and they're like you know what's great what if nicholas coppola gets out there and says i'm also feeling a little wonky about this then the execution was very poor but i'm saying i think if i'm like why did they do this because i'm asking myself i have to ask myself why are they doing this and i think that's what it is is to like be like teens we're all feeling this. This is what it's like being a teen. I I don't think so. I think no. you're you're just making that up. You're just making that up. It's very much to me this entire this entire uh, cobbled together nightmare is is from I don't know a bunch of weirdos who have scraped together whatever they know about teenagers, whatever they can glean together about teenagers are messy and they eat their rooms and we hear that they're nervous about this this draft like. Like, it didn't come across as the honest voice or a sympathetic voice or having any real... We've watched we've watched a lot of content that mm-hmm. has expressed that, yeah. that true be- anxiety yeah. much better and stuff. I thought this was a nightmare. This was like... This was like... This was like <laughs> if Hillary Clinton was going to be like, yeah, I'm nervous about Ukraine too, kiddos or something. Or like... Like, I didn't think that this was... I'm, uh, I'm not the moving saying the gesture that you're trying good. to. Nor am I saying it was moving or anything. I'm just saying why. You just said you just said you were going to give them the benefit of the doubt of this thing, and I'm saying, I'm saying no to that. <laughs> I'm just getting around to why did they make this TV show? Yeah, but and then you zeroed in on this crazy draft monologue. Well, because the rest of it, some of the rest of it makes sense. 
you want to make a TV show and you want to have some jokes, that makes sense to me. Like, you have, like, a couple of sketches. Like, occasionally we'll cut to two characters with a quick joke. The jokes are not good. Sometimes they're fatphobic. Sometimes it's just like this. It keeps cutting to this guy being like, you don't want to go on a date with me? Is your sister there? She doesn't want to go? Is your sister there? Oh, you want to go out? How old, like, you know, how old are you? 10? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Call me in seven years. Like, and then it'll go away. I'm like trying to, at the most basic level, understand what's going on. I'm like, it's a sketch and that's like a sketch. Mm-hmm. But why do they go from sketch to this like more real thing? Like the war monologue and like the woman monologue, they're not funny sketches. They're like trying to say something. They don't do a good job at it. I'm not saying they do a good job at it. But I'm going, why? who's making this TV show and why? And I'm like, I guess the idea is we're making a show for the whole family to sit down to be like, what are teenagers going through? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Did I bore you? Did I put you to sleep? I just, I don't really know what you're talking about, man. I'd love to get away from this okay. part of the combo. But I would give I would give that draft speech zero to one out of ten. I would say I, the convenience store music video got a two out of ten, but I that I gave give a ten out of ten to the beach scene oh, where yeah. uh, Nicholas Coppola is talking to his like nerdy friend, and he's he's consistently wearing denim. He's either wearing denim exclusively, shorts. <laughs> yeah, he's got these denim overalls that he wears with a little red bandana around his neck in the uh, car scene with nothing else. Um, he has tiny little denim shorts that he wears to work out in um, and ambling around on the beach. And he has his scene where he's in his shorts and he um, is talking to that friend. And he's explaining to his friend, like, if you look too happy, people think you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is very clever. And then he talks about how his tip for picking up women is to let them talk and just look them in the eyes. Just stare at them in the eyes and let them talk. And he, his friend is like, well, what do you think about when you're letting them talk? And Nicholas Cage goes, I am the most beautiful man you've ever seen. My magnificent biceps drive you wild with desire. And he honestly delivers it so well, so powerfully. It's a really incredible scene. I thought it was like very well, like I was like, this guy's blowing me away. Like, I'm yeah. impressed. He was 17? Yeah. He's... He looks 30. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, he follows that advice for his acting style later on, where he will yes. intensely yes. look at women. Yes, yes. That's where I was thinking. That's where it was a moment of, like, it was a moment where it felt like the real Nick was coming out, as opposed to, like, that draft monologue of, like, felt crazy because it did also feel like he was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. I'm reading a monologue as if it's in a school play. Like, I have sort of an idea because I've heard about this, but it doesn't seem like, Nicholas, if you asked me, I would say, no, he doesn't have draft anxiety. No, he definitely but, doesn't. But, uh, but um, he definitely has confidence about his ability to talk to women. Yeah. Uh, He's ripped. I would say that my other, my other 
consideration about his talents or lack thereof from this piece came from his musical ability where I'm still not convinced or sure if he's a good singer. It's funny now. I feel like he has done a lot of singing um, that we've seen, but I'm starting to be convinced he is not a good musician because Mm. I think no one with any understanding or skill for music could be on the set of this pilot and live and survive. Oh, I think I think you would be like, I'm out of here. I don't I don't I don't buy I don't that. I don't buy that. Say what you I, will. Say what you will. You won't change one. my mind. You won't change my mind. <laughs> I think he's starting out and he was like a TV pilot. I would be over the moon. If there are a bunch of magicians or they all suck on a TV pilot I'm in, you know what I would say? Thank God I'm here. You're not going to have any sort of career if you're just taking whatever drops in your lap and you're taking these pilots. It's not whatever. Like, it's a TV it, pilot. It, it's a TV pilot that is a nightmare. Like this music. But you're also, that's what I'm saying. You're not musically, you're not that musically talented. I you're very good at the, the piano. I and stuff to, to be my, my music is magic. You just started talking about a different premise to me. I totally missed that and I'm glad I did. <laughs> Now the point is, is that of course you would. You would be like, "This sounds great. I love. I'm in a show where there's music. It's gonna be really fun." But I'm saying, someone who actually had music ability would not be able to be on this. Might no way. would probably steer clear of it because they would be like, "My reputation is on the line I here." I don't think so. Yes, I don't think so. I think you should yeah. consider it. I don't think so. No. I also this was, we now live in an era where TV is prestige. Yeah. It has been for like 10 years or so. And so a lot of movie stars are doing TV all the time. There's very few, I'd say... Nikki's not one of them. Nikki's not one of them. Yeah. And it's maybe because he was traumatized by this experience and was like, I'll never do TV again. Um, but there's very few. A lot of big name stars are like just doing TV now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who would previously never touch Yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But it makes sense now... Back in the day, it this makes sense to me as to why a movie star would not want to do TV. Because TV, this TV, at least, was garbage. It's mm-hmm. so hokey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's garbage. It, it seems like it's two different levels, tiers of acting. And, like, prestige. Yeah. You're just repeating what you've been told and what you know. <laughs> you're I'm, I'm just But I know. You're trying to... I know. That's why I'm not interested in it. You want me to, like, be random and raving at you. I'm like, yeah, I know. Back in the day, TV and movie were different. Okay. <laughs> that's boring. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's... This is part of watching all these things together. Mm. I sometimes say things when we're watching it and then when I repeat it to you on the podcast you seem far less interested than when I tell you during when we're watching it so now I'm thinking next time we watch something I'm just going to be quiet the entire time yeah. so they can hear yeah, all my bet, things fresh bet. I will bet, I will bet. Um, well well ratings well before we get into that I was waiting till we got to the ratings before I say this I found <laughs> an incredible review of this on IMDb from You Are Squishy that I would like to read to you. Okay. For Crispin Glover fans, this is the must-see to end all must-sees. Crispin (laughs) plays Crispin as well as narrator. That's right. Crispin officially breaks the fourth wall and he does so repeatedly, talking directly to us. Every word coming out of his mouth is pure gold. Crispin has rarely been funnier. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I even opened up telling you that one of his earlier lines is that he just says that 
that's my mom. This is my room. As this, that's gold? As this reviewer says, pure gold, Christina. Uh. In many ways, the humor stems from our knowledge of Crispin that comes from films he's appeared in after the best of times. Some stuff goes on. Nicolas Cage is also unreal. Definitely his funniest performance ever for similar reasons. Jackie Mason also appears. I'm not a big fan of his, but I'm sure fans of his would really like this as well. This is probably not for you if you are neither a Crispin Glover fan nor a Nicolas Cage fan nor a Jackie Mason fan, unless you like really, really bad TV. As really bad TV goes, and by really bad TV, I mean TV so bad it's gone past bad and back to good. This is absolutely the cream of the crop. Never have I laughed so hard at anything that was intended for a television audience. What? 10 out of 10 stars. I don't understand. And with that, I'd like to take it to our ratings. Zero out of five stars <laughs> for the overall work. And I would give Nikki a seven out of ten. My rating is probably a half star. I guess you can go zero if you want to go zero, but I'll stick with the minimum amount, half. And I'd say this is five out of ten. It's nothing special. It's He's not, like, bad in it. I wouldn't say he does a bad job i don't watch this and go that guy's a terrible actor there's plenty of people worse than him on set um but i also would not say look at this to see a great nicholas cage performance mm. oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and if you're listening to these ratings and you're thinking oh, i wish they would really clarify like what do these numbers mean like what are they actually telling us that's a comment we've been getting, and and we are going to be bringing you some clarification soon about refining what our ratings mean. I'm hoping by our 20th episode to also bring you a line graph. Um, yeah, my friend Austin recommended doing a line graph, wow. plotting out uh, what, what our ratings have been, so you can oh, see nice. the little spike through. And then our newly newlywed Tyler friend that we have, Cher, both yes. know him yes. uh, normally. Yes. As Tyler friend, and he also pointed out these ratings need a little bit of a, a touch up. Yes, um, so we'll definitely be given our how we're rating out of ten cages a review. So it's a great time to write in if you have suggestions. Yeah, we for still haven't received ratings, any emails, metrics. so you could be the first. Yeah, yes, send us our first email <laughs> yeah. with how you think we should restructure. That's right. The ratings, or if you have Excellent. any input about that. Wonderful. Um. But so yeah, you can send us that send us that email to uh, cageholdquestionpod at gmail dot com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at cageholdquestion. If you like what you heard, you can uh, please subscribe to this podcast and feel free to throw a five star review our way. We recently got our first three star review, and I went through all five stages of grief about it: <laughs> denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, for our next episode, we promise we are watching Moonstruck. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Moonstruck next episode. Next time you hear from us, Moonstruck, 1987. So we hope you'll watch with us and listen in. Signing off, this is Christina. And our two Nazareth. Asking you. The I'd like to take his, his face. Oh. oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny.